Greetings, and welcome to the RPG Review Board Podcast. You are listening to Episode 12. In this episode, the board administers their righteous judgment upon three smaller RPGs. For the Queen, designed by Alex Roberts and published in 2019 by Evil Hat Productions. Definitely Wizards, designed by Elliot Hand Thones, kickstarted in 2021 and available on itch.io. And Skullbox from Shardstone Assembly, kickstarted in 2021 and available on DriveThruRPG and itch.io. Join us as the board convenes in support of the betterment of tabletop gaming. Come now, the honorable representatives of the RPG Review Board. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. All rise. The RPG Review Board is now in session. My name is John Case Tompkins. I'm joined by Heidi Faith, Trey Gordon, Adam Lawson, and Nathan Stanley. If the judgment of this court helps you find a new game... Help us by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. How are you doing? Trey, you've been busy. I have been busy. I've been very busy. So I am active in my local community theater. And this past weekend, we just closed our production of Murder on the Orient Express. And... So there was a mishap one night. <laughs> oh no! I love so, uh, yeah. on a, on a, a mishap on a play that involves the word murder. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Continue. So this is the scene where we have discovered the dead guy. Right, a man has been murdered on the train, and many people have been in and out of the room. And at this point, everyone in the room is just Poirot and me. Right, I'm 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 the guy who who runs the the railroad line and i'm trying to get him to investigate this mystery so the police don't have to so there's this gag there's this sight gag that we've worked out where you know the dead guy is sitting there and he's this constant presence in the room and we're sort of talking around him and there's a sight gag where i'm gonna he says something that exasperates me poirot does and i gotta sit down on the bed and i my butt touches the feet of this dead guy and I freak out and kind of cringe and jump up off the bed, right? Just one quick, quick sight gag, easy laugh, no big deal, right? So one night I jump up off the bed and instead of just jumping off the bed, I do it kind of awkwardly and the back of my knee strikes the corner of the bed and kind of pitches me backwards. Oh no. And, oh, and no. as I'm sort of, Falling back a little bit, my, my left arm reaches back to kind of stop me, right? And there's a, there, there, there's a bedside table next to the dead guy's bed with a glass of wine sitting on it. And, you know, the wine is actually cranberry juice with a little bit of water, right? I was going to say, did you just waste wine? That's a sin. I reach back. <laughs> my hand hits this glass in just the right way so that it does this dramatic spinning arc out across the bed with this leaving this long red trail of wine kind of spiraling (laughs) across the air and uh it just sort of hits the it doesn't break there's carpet on the on the stage and it, it doesn't break it sort of rolls under the bed a little bit and there's wine everywhere <laughs> it's all over me and the dead guy is my friend craig right he's laying there trying to be dead and he's he can't see because his eyes are closed he heard a, a stumble bump, 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 and then whing, 
<laughs> and then he feels liquid splash across his face. Oh. <laughs> and he's lying there trying oh. not. He's like, what Just is going <laughs> on out there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, I feel like in a movie, that's the take the director would keep. Right? Because it's just yeah, like so over the top yeah, and it was ridiculous. Crazy. It's like, yeah. yeah. I, I, oh I finally recover my feet. I didn't actually oh, fall no. down, but I recover my feet oh. and I look over and the guy who's playing Poirot is just like, <laughs> he's fixed me with this glare. <laughs> and there's like little dots of red across his face. <laughs> it's like, listen, sometimes you roll a one on yeah, your dexter. Yeah. I definitely rolled a fumble on my, <laughs> my sit on the bed. Roll. <laughs> I rolled a one. Yeah, some somewhere there is a uh, a pompous theater goer telling his wife on the drive home, "Yes, dear, that was Chekhov's wine glass. That implies another <laughs> murder. The blood yes. was uh, it's very that's telling. Right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was all planned. Yeah, that's I've all you do in, in theater when you make a mistake. You just follow into it. It's like, yeah, this is how it's supposed mm-hmm. to be. That's yep, right. Exactly. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Um, oh man, man, you make me miss theater sometimes. I just, uh, uh, you know, all the crazy we're right stuff. there, man. You can always audition. I know. I know. Believe me. Adam and Nathan, you guys have recently attended an important, a somewhat an important local convention, correct? Yeah. Uh, local to us, anyway. Uh, Gen Con, which happens annually in Indianapolis. We didn't get a Gen Con last year because of the pandemic, but uh, this year they had one, though it was delayed to make more room for the vaccine. So, um, yeah, we went to Gen Con this year. It was kind of low-key, but it was it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. How about you, Adam? I absolutely did. So a couple of the guys in our regular gaming group last Gen Con played a mega game. Um, I wasn't able to attend it. I had some other ticketed events, but I attended it this time, and it was the best thing I've ever done at Gen Con. It's the kind of thing that you kind of have to do at a convention because it requires, what, Nate, 60-some-odd players? Yeah, most of them Most of them take, like, you know, 40 on the low end, yeah. Mm-hmm. The one that we really enjoyed, and I think everybody really enjoys it that plays it, is called Den of Wolves. It is absolutely not with a lot of winking here, Battlestar Galactica. So say we all. Ooh. I, whoa, whoa. Nicely done. Whoa. whoa Easy whoa, whoa, there. Whoa. Easy As, there. Whoa. I did not know. Wait a minute. I did not know that Heidi's geek had raised the level of Battlestar Galactica. Like, oh. yeah. I am... Oh yeah, I'm, that, that, I've got to change my whole perspective. Room, yeah, my friends, uh, that box set has uh, seen quite a few uh, turns through. So, yeah. <laughs> well, and uh, and you you have been uh, <laughs> you were saying you've been watching television recently, not going to conventions. <laughs> oh, I've been swamped. Well, sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but yeah, I've I've been swamped with work. So we have been a lazy, lazy person. We've done a little bit of yard work, a little bit of house things, but it's all been TV for a while for me, my friends. That's that's <laughs> perfectly perfectly fair. Like sometimes yeah. sometimes you just gotta chill. Yeah. 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 Indeed. I uh, I have not done much that I can report myself. I'm like it is the middle of the semester lots of lots of grading to be done i did recently finish reading uh, le miserable which i had never read before um i had never 
really encountered Hugo. He, and, and by reading Les Miserables, I mean encountering it all it at all. Like, I have not seen the movie. I've never seen the play. Um, so this was a first time for me. And, yeah, I, I quite enjoy it. Uh, I found Valjean to be incredibly inspiring as a character, as a, as a kind of a, a, a moral individual, a person, you know, seeking redemption. Hugo, Hugo... Hugo has this habit, uh, I, I dare say almost a medieval habit, of like, well, I know that you want to know what happens next, but have I told you about the history of the sewers of Paris? <laughs> Let me spend 10 chapters telling you what you need to know about the history of the sewers of Paris so that I can do one scene in them and move on. And you're like... <laughs> Victor, come uh, on now. Yeah, uh, we we've got things to do, sir. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, but it's delightful. It delightful. I knew you'd love Valjean. <laughs> I uh, I had no idea um, until I encountered him. Okay, uh, it, an interesting little antipode to the massive size of Les Misérables is our discussion tonight, which is tiny little games. Apartifs, if you will. <laughs> um, so we are we are talking tonight <laughs> about mini games, and we're using that rather broadly. We're talking about a, a sort of a storytelling game called uh, For the Queen, which is from Evil Hat. Uh, yeah, that's from Evil Hat Games. Evil Hat. It's about it's a little deck of cards about twenty bucks. This makes the third Evil Hat. They should start paying us. Or, That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, we're gonna be looking for sponsors to... eventually. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we want the jerseys and the hats and. Uh, That's right. Yeah. I want um, an evil hat to wear. An evil, an evil, evil hat, hat. Evil be hat. Be sure to yeah. use your uh, discount code RPG Review Board. That's right. Exactly. Right. Cover us in swag and we'll play the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we need to move on to other... We need to do some... some maybe some other designers. Uh, but we're also looking at Definitely Wizards, which is a little kind of uh, self-published game. And then we're looking at another kind of self-published game, which is Skullbox. So, lots of little games. Things that you can play in an evening or a couple of nights... We have a couple of things I want to talk about, but I guess the first thing that we might start with is just what was your initial impression of these things? Because I had not seen a lot of miniature games, miniature RPGs like this. I think the first one I was ever introduced to was actually For the Queen. Nathan, I think you you played, you had us play that yeah, it's just not something I had ever really encountered before. What about the rest of you? Was this a new experience for you all? For me, for sure. And I had played For the Queen before, but For the Queen, I would I would venture to say, is the most different of the three that we're reviewing today in that it's definitely more of a storytelling experience. There are no stats. Uh, it's more of a, like a collaborative storytelling game. 
Mm-hmm. And those types of things, you know, if you've ever been to, you know, Boy Scout camp, as uh, I'm sure Nathan can attest, or just shared stories around the campfire, uh, you know, plenty of games where people pick up the story where you leave off, that kind of thing. Just in a gamified form, it has some cards that drive you through the process of storytelling and introducing different turn of events. And you kind of make up the canon along the way. And uh, it's probably the one that's most different from a traditional RPG in that sense. Um, but it's it's a very cool experience, I'll say. Less of a RPG and definitely more of a shared storytelling experience. Yeah, and that's something, you know, I I got I got for the Queen and shared it with my sister and um, her two boys. And I did not expect my nephews to really get into it at all. But they loved that game when I brought it to them and played it a lot. And that's that's one of the things I think is kind of interesting about something like like a mini game is that especially when we're talking about these more like a storytelling game like for the Queen, people who have an inherent either distrust or dislike of RPGs may respond very differently to something like for the Queen. Right? Because you've got so if I tell somebody, like, for instance, my sister. My sister is a published author. She, she likes fantasy. She, she writes young adult fiction. She's the sort of person I always thought, like, man, you would love RPGs. But I sit her down and I say, okay, this is a game where you can just imagine and do whatever. And then I hand her a character sheet and it looks like an Excel file. And she's like, I, I don't know what to do with this. I'm just, I'm lost, right? And she checks out. But I put For the Queen in front of her, and she's like, oh, I love this. Well, this is great. This is what role-playing is? I'm like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's that's a great example of sort of the soft entry, you know, and you can step her into other things or, or, or stay in that wheelhouse. But that's a great target audience for something like this type of game. Yeah, and I was also thinking of this notion of, you know, a lot of these mini RPGs, they they take an element of something from a larger RPG, you know, to speak of the 300-pound gorilla in the room, Dungeons and Dragons, right? You almost have, like, D&D consists of all these different elements. There's the narrative storytelling, and then you kind of, like, set that aside, and then you do combat for a while. And then once you're done resolving combat, you go back to picking up the story threads. That narrative portion, that's what For the Queen is. It's just distilled down into its its most basic basic part which is just you don't have even have characters when you start you don't have stats you don't have dice you just from simple prompts weave uh weave characters and story and it's just pure narrative so that's how i would i would maybe describe it to somebody is that you're taking that one element of D that that many people like some people don't like but many people like and you're really kind of like distilling it down into its into its purest form well but that's that's something interesting because there are different aspects of D&D and different aspects appeal to different people. So, for instance, some people are sort of there for the combat and other people are there for the role-playing. What do you think, as a player, does something like uh, For the Queen make you nervous? Like, oh, I have to be extemporaneous about coming up with plot hooks and things that normally I would leave in the, you know, I would step to the background in like a, a, a full RPG group. You know what I'm saying? I, I felt like For the Queen 
actually alleviated some of that. I, really? Many, many years ago, I, I, I played briefly with a, with a table where, where they were really into storytelling games, using fudge dice and that kind of thing. I wish I could remember the titles of some of the games we played, but I can't. But I always found it a little intimidating to just suddenly have the turn come around to me and have to make something up, right? But in For the Queen, there's a card. And the card gives you a prompt. And you just have to react to that prompt in character. And as soon as you start doing that, the ideas start to come. At least that's my experience. As opposed to just everyone turning and looking at you, it's your turn now. What happens next? Oh, you know, there's this, there's, there's a prompt and you can take that prompt as seriously or not seriously as you want, but it just gets things moving and off you go. Yeah, yeah. I can picture like if we set you on stage with a microphone in front of an audience and said, talk about anything you want. Uh, yeah. I would be in stage fright. But if we said, tell us how you would react if the queen's nephew was kidnapped. Well, then I could, you know, then I could have a framework with, with which I could, you know, frame my, my response and, and talk about it forever. So that's, that's a great point. Yeah, it, it's, it's a very, it's a simple lifeline, if you will. You're right. It's just, because uh, I'm sure you guys, even last week we were playing a game and I, I know there were at least a couple times that it came my turn and I immediately did the, uh, um, oh crap, what am I going to do? And, and you guys had to kind of be like, well, you could maybe try this or try that. And I was like, oh yeah. As soon as you said something, I was like, yeah, yeah, got it. But the game we were playing last week was a little different and I wasn't familiar and it felt a little, mm, I wasn't as into it, but for the queen, I love the storytelling for the, if you want to go back to the D and D idea, I've always in like a D and D type of a game. I'm far more into the storytelling element. I'm far more into the fantasy of it than I am the combat and the rules. I don't want to read the 600 page book about rules. <laughs> I know that I know that for some people in this uh, discussion, that is all like all they're about. For me, no, I don't want that. I want to talk about like, oh, let's come up with this great storyline and go off. You know, Heidi like, wants to talk about her feelings. I <laughs> or at least the feelings of the person that I am discovering that no, no. I am playing in my yeah. yeah well, not okay. at all anything to do with me. Just <laughs> yeah. that's right. Yeah, well, but, none you know, of you in that character. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, but that's okay. So, and I, I kind of like the way that the game presents the rules as a series of instructions that you read through as cards at the beginning you don't even have to teach anybody the the game you just set out the game and here's these set of cards that you read and turn aloud and that teaches you the game and the game is nothing more than draw a card read the thing there's this weird like extra thing about an x card where you can delete part of the game if you don't like the part of the story if you don't like it but you know there's not much to it you could you could definitely put the category of, of For the Queen as, as much more of a storyteller experience, right? There's not a lot of rules. There's not a lot of character as stats. And then we played definitely Wizards. Nathan, you ran that for us. And this is actually, you know, if, if, there's, um, you know, if there's an RPG family tree, this thing is closer to the trunk, right? 
You know, it hasn't mm-hmm. gone off in its own evolutionary path to the point where you can't recognize it anymore. Right. It's yeah. got a recognizable GM and stats and some rolling of dice. So, Nathan, give us the basics for for Definitely Wizards. Yeah, so um, Definitely Wizards, as you mentioned, uh, it does bear a lot of resemblance to your more typical RPGs in that there is a game master of some kind and then there are players. There's even character classes, though they are randomly assigned. And the plot of the game, insofar as the plot matters, is that you live in a world in which the only people allowed to practice magic are wizards. Uh, You all are not wizards and you are attempting to pass the wizard the wizard practical certification exam. So right. You're um, owls. You're you're, Potter fans. You are, uh, yeah. So you're, you are a, a bard perhaps, or maybe just a really strong guy, just really strong, or, or maybe you're a Druid or you're maybe two D six familiars in a trench coat. Um, and you're just trying to pass this practical exam. There's only two stats in the game. There's wizard and wild, and they represent wild represents your, uh, you know, your wild magic that comes from being who you are. And then wizard is how well you are passing yourself off as a wizard. So, but yeah, it's, it's you, there's a series of rooms, basically a dungeon, except that it's a test rather than an actual dungeon and you run everybody through it. It's very extemporaneous. You, when you want to cast a spell, if it's a wild spell, something that comes from your nature, you kind of get to make it up. You know, you you work it out with the GM on what you can do and what you can't do, and you roll dice, and yeah, it's it's pretty fun. I would say where For the Queen is like 100% narrative role play, I would say this swings pretty hard in the other direction. Uh, there is some opportunity for role play there, but mostly it's about solving the puzzle in front of you with the the character class you've been granted. Now that does afford some role play, so maybe maybe like eighty twenty or something like well, that. Well, yeah, but it's it's solving it's solving a problem, but in a very like improv comedy whose line is in anyway sort of way. It's like yeah. okay, you have to <laughs> pretend that you're a Scottish barber who's possessed by a demon. Go. Yeah, um, it's very slapstick at times, right? Yeah. Um, whenever you fail to cast a spell, there's a chance that it just does something crazy and some glitch occurs. And, you know, the, some some of the scenes you could totally imagine Yakety Sax playing oh, while yeah. whatever happens plays out. No, the whole <laughs> thing is, is played for laughs. And it's very, like, For the Queen has got this kind of dramatic arc to it and there's tension mm-hmm. and there's this kind of by the time you get to the end of the game there's an almost tragic element to it as you sort of sort out who is on the queen side and who isn't definitely wizards is just like hope they won't catch me doing this uh-huh. <laughs> yeah how how do i keep hitting the fact that i'm just like a wwe wrestler in a wizard cloak yeah <laughs> with a fake beard yeah yeah Oh, that's yeah. a good wrestling gimmick. Oh, Ooh, man. Oh, yeah. I, I found myself trying to explain to my non-role-playing game uh, wife the difference between, like, you know, Pathfinder, Dungeons & Dragons, and this definitely Wizards game that we played. And your analogy to, to uh, improv humor, it was exactly what I used. It was like, 
So in Pathfinder, you're told to build a house, and you have chapters upon chapters upon what a hammer does, and what a saw does, and what the nails are for. And in Definitely Wizards, you're given a rubber chicken and a roll of duct tape, and they say, go build a house. <laughs> and you're like, uh, I don't know how to do that, but I'll do my best. And, and that's what Definitely Wizards was yeah. for me, and it was yeah. an absolute blast. Yeah, or what is that What is that show? There's a show, man, I use my abysmal knowledge of television. There's a show about, like, people trying to make these fancy cakes when all they've seen is like pick they're not actual nailed bakers it. fail nailed it yes nailed, nailed it, it. Nailed yeah it. uh hello what do you think somebody spent part of their time <laughs> okay like, well then i you know i don't want to i don't want to speak to this show <laughs> with an expert in the room but uh, I know. Yeah. you know that's what definitely wizards is it's like okay this sort of looks like a unicorn yeah. ah, 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 what do we think ah. what do we think I back it um, up. I back it up. Yeah. I'm good. The other thing I would also add is that the GM's, well, the GM's not running a character, but the GM is still kind of playing this game too because you roll dice to find out what's in every room, right? So, so it's like, right. all right, I'm rolling 3d6, and it turns out this room uh, has a giant chessboard in it, an invisible barrier running down the middle, and it's slowly filling with ice water. And it's like, all right, I have to make that somehow into a convincing you know, challenge for these ne'er-do-well heroes to get out of. Yeah, you have to kind of... So you are kind of, um, you know, you're you're staying on staying on your toes, so... So, Adam, you mentioned that thing about telling your wife about how it's related to Pathfinder. Like, for the Queen, I feel like I could sit down with pretty much anybody with an open mind and they get it. Definitely Wizards is one of those things that you have to already sort of be in nerd culture to get, you know... There's, yeah, there is a kind of like, hey, hey, you know, we're all in this together sort of thing that. Yeah. And uh, playing to the tropes as well. And if you right. don't know the tropes, that might be harder. If you don't know the tropes, you might be harder. And there's another thing that I, I thought, especially when we were playing Definitely Wizards, but I've experienced this in other games. It feels to me, you guys tell me what you think about this. Again, that idea of having different types of players wanting different things out out of D&D. It feels to me like if you had with these small games with not a lot of rules sort of meant to set up improv and things like that, if you had like one person in the group who wasn't in on it, it could ruin the whole evening. What do you think about that? Like it it feels like it needs buy-in from absolutely everybody. Okay, I was I was wondering about this as you were talking because for those listening, definitely Wizards is the game that I didn't play out of these three because I was treading the boards, so I I didn't play it and and I've been wondering as we uh, as we've been talking about it if it was something that I sometimes wonder if we don't overestimate how arcane what we do is most people I. I could be wrong about this, but I think most people, especially people born after, say, 1975, 1980, I think yeah. if, you, if you mention the word orc, people basically know what you're talking about. I don't know if that's true or not, but I have a sort of sense that they, they do. <laughs> they um, know, yeah. They, 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 that's penetrated the culture to the point that most people have a vague idea of what you mean when you say an orc, right? So... Um, I wonder if the tropes that we're talking about are really that inaccessible to someone who doesn't normally do the sorts of things that we do. Yeah, that's true. 
What do y'all think? I don't think it's it's that things are inaccessible. I mean, you have, I mean, clearly you have things like, my gosh, one of the most successful movie franchises of all times. Your Marvel, like, superheroes, right? That's something that I don't know would have been a huge thing a few decades ago. Or you can be some knowledge you can read Tolkien or you can read you can read you know Harry Potter books you know I think that's where I think to me I agree with Case that that's where a game like this is you just have to maybe have a few general kind of ideas but you don't even have to be you know the same kind of nerd to like this if you just have some general ideas about things I think that's all this game requires is a little bit of knowledge for that kind of stuff and the desire to just want to kind of move through a game quickly of just like hey here we go it's kind of a little bit fantasy we're gonna go through this oh shoot we're in a game really fast go 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 yeah i i don't know i as we were playing i was feeling every one of these games i was feeling like man i'm well, I feel this all the time. I'm 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 very blessed to have the group of gamers that 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 we game with. We we have a great rapport. We get along great. We we play well. Yeah, and then there's me. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you Man, were running what a the game. Dead so, you know. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, Nathan fly really. in the ointments down. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's just like one guy who's like, well, if I can, you know. Why can't I do this? Like, you know, the rules lawyer will kill a game like this. Yeah. You yeah, know? okay. All right. And the munchkin. Yeah, the munchkin yeah. player who the wants munchkin. to optimize. Well, it doesn't yeah. say I can't do this. Like, no, that's not the point of the game. So, and that's what I'm saying is that sometimes those rules, the the larger, more more complex sets of rules can allow those players to exist with the other people in a way that, you know, the fewer rules you have, the more likely it's like, no, that now the guy who's the rules lawyer really sticks out. <laughs> I, I would add, okay, I, I agree. I agree. This and, and this game was kind of that sweet spot in the middle, and I think it really helped it. I, and I don't know if there's any kind of, you know, different versions of this game out there, but at least for what we were playing. For me, it helped that what we were going through were simulated tests. And honestly, in my mind, that kind of helped me kind of go with it. Because it was like, well, this is all a test. So if you screw it up, it's not like your character's dead. At at worst, they don't get to be accepted into the wizard guild. You know, <laughs> like, and it's like, oh, bummer. The stakes are like, low. The stakes yeah, are low. It's, but it, it was... It, it, I don't know. There was something about it that felt very kind of, you know, it's very fast paced as far as like you're on a test. Go, go, go. And it's like, okay, crap. You just kind of have to react. You don't have time to mess around too much. But um, but I liked it, you know, for, for a quick one-off game, it's exactly what it needs to be, to me, at least. I don't know. Yeah, I think, um, I think there's a certain virtue to being so absolutely rules light like something like this is which is that when you're in a pinch you don't feel bad about just making something up to keep yeah. the game going yeah because when you get a rule set large enough when you're digging through the pathfinder 
rule book, the the absence of a rule to cover this specific situation sticks out like a sore thumb, and the absence of the of a rule over this, uh, you start to you start to infer things based on the absence of this rule because they covered everything else. Why didn't they cover this? Whereas like something with with that has like six rules in it, like this this game does. When when it's like, all right, can I do this thing? You go, ah, sure, why not? Let's let's do it. You know. Um, so I do think it gives you a little bit of freedom. So I guess my pushback would be, and we can settle this later in the parking lot case. Um, <laughs> my pushback would be. Uh, would be that I actually think a rules lawyer would have a harder time rules lawyering because there aren't any rules to lawyer. That's true. That's true. Say that really fast five times. That's right. <laughs> yeah, in, in, in legalese. I, I do agree. It does take some buy-in from your players, though. Like, you all have to be on board. I don't know if it takes more buy-in than, a, than any other RPG, though. Like, you just have to, like, everybody just has to be on the same page that this is, I mean, this is kind of a Keystone Cops sort of a game it's going to be over in an hour and a half you know don't yeah. get too attached let's just have some fun yeah right. well and, and speaking of of rules i think the third game we played which was Skullbox, had the most rules and had the most i guess potential in fact the book itself suggested that you could play this over a series of days like or a series of sessions um, Skullbox has a very, uh, well, to, to, to speak to old school players, it has a Monsters, Monsters feel to it, um, which was an old supplement from, um, for Tunnels and Trolls, where you got to play the monsters who were being, uh, their dungeon was being invaded by these heroes. Um, Skullbox has that same feeling. Uh, you guys described another, like a video game I'd not heard of that it resembled. But the idea is that you are the undead denizens of a dungeon. Heroes are coming in to take your prized possessions. And you spend your time setting traps and battling the heroes as they enter your realm. And with the intention of of driving them out once and forever and keeping your cool old treasures to yourself. Thank you very much. And the funny thing is that I love the art and the style of this game it had this real punk rock feel and aesthetic to it but it was more significant rules wise in that there was there were just more stats and more things to do and it had this regular schedule the problem of course as we discovered in attempting to play it was that the rules weren't all in one place and figuring out exactly what those rules meant was was sometimes difficult but I don't know, you guys had, we experienced this together. It was sort of, what what did it feel like when you, when I first dropped this thing on you versus like after the session? My, my first thought was I was really excited to play as the bad guys and these quote unquote good guys, right? The heroes are coming to take the artifact and that's a good spin. It's a very easy spin, right? You just flip the traditional RPG on its head and it is, you know, a small, by the way, 66 page zine style game. And so, yeah, there's not a lot of rules there and they are, you know, they probably could have used another editing pass to put them in the right place. Um, but that was kind of part of its charm in the sense that it was kind of like the old school zine style game, which I, I really did appreciate. There was a little bit 
uh, more fiddliness. There's a lot, there's more moving parts than I expected for a game this size. And so there were like, you know, keeping track of, of lots of different things, where you were, the different stats, what characters had which abilities, that kind of thing for a 66 page zine, uh, you know, just a one or two session kind of thing. I was surprised by how much fiddliness there was to it. Yeah. I, I found it somewhat ironic that the game that was themed around punk rock, um, ideals had the most rules <laughs> we were playing. I'll just put that out there. I, I, I found that a little, you know, a little interesting. But, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I felt like the game was kind of lampooning the OSR, you know, kind of make you know gently prodding making fun of the old school renaissance movement in games did do you guys did you guys feel the same way i as someone who is a i guess probably of all of us probably the most grown yard here yeah i can certainly feel that although it struck me as more of um was trying to do a joke about well again 80s punk but also like being the bad guy because you were so it wasn't even like blades in the dark it's like oh we're the thieves you know there's this kind of tragic element we're just trying to make our way in the darkness and it's like no you're a you're an animated skull and a box yeah yeah <laughs> i like box. i like the, i like the phrase unapologetically evil just yeah there is no reason for it <laughs> yeah. just evil yeah right. and i'm gonna i'm gonna summon my undead hordes and I'm gonna lay these traps. Like one of the traps is just like a cannibal on a leash. <laughs> you just, just you know, you just let him go and oh, he yeah. goes to town. And he, and he starts eating people, right? Yeah, and, yeah, like you do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, one of the things I loved about this was it felt like it was really speaking to my particularly chowder-headed twelve inner twelve-year-old. Right. <laughs> You know, like, oh, yeah, yeah we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to bring the tunnel down on his head. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, okay. yeah, it, it allows you to, like, if, if you want something that involves lots of skulls, right, and heavy guitar riffs. Yep. And, um, you know, powers that, like, one of the, so you, as the DM, you're sort of, or GM, you're sort of running the guy's who are the heroes and heroes sort of act you make die rolls to see how they react to things so there's there's really more as the gm you're more just kind of i don't know running the table yeah like a facilitator yeah you're more like the facilitator you don't really do a whole lot of choosing but some of the things like the bar the berserker looks like just a you know a metalhead and one of their actions is to headbang like it's just it's very goofy, but also, like, cool in the same way that neon art on the side of a black van is cool. Like, right. it's, <laughs> yeah. you yeah. know... There's or, definitely or a those... black velvet painting aspect to this. Yes, yeah, it's got that thing. And I think, uh, for me, the, the thing about the games, the game was that I wanted it to be this... I wanted it to feel that way, and I think that ultimately it could, but that first day we kept having to go back and forth trying to figure out what we were supposed to do next, 
and how we're supposed to interact with the rule set that it just kind of bogged down. And I think that was the thing that I noticed most about the game was the other games we were... You could think of them truly as a game for an evening. You can play for the queen or definitely wizards in an evening and be done. And Skullbox, eh, we needed... You could do it in an evening. You could... Maybe a long evening. Yeah, Uh, maybe a long... Oh, that's true. Yeah, a long evening for people 10 years younger. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm too old and tired at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You're right, because I I could see myself maybe in in my 20s being like, yeah, we're all nightering this, Mm -hmm. and we're going to... Yeah, but yeah, at this point, I'm like, after two hours, I'm like, man, my back hurts. Can we just go get some food? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, even if we had known the rules better, I still think it would have taken at least two sessions, maybe three. Yeah, I... Okay, so I actually, the whole, it had a lot of punk rock themes I, that appealed to me. I thought, the, I agree with Case, I think that the artwork seemed really cool. I picked a character that specifically was kind of a music-drawn character. Um, I was real excited. I didn't, in the time that we played it, because we just did it one session and it was shorter, I didn't get to even really get into any of my good stuff. Like seriously, when I leveled up, I I I got to write like a lullaby and sing someone to like death, you know. And it's yeah. like, man, that would have been so cool to use. So, I it's not that I I didn't like this game. I I think that this game as a one-off game, maybe not. I could see it being a better, you know, maybe maybe not a rules-heavy game. Maybe not even a long-term game, but definitely something over a few sessions because, yeah, I didn't. I feel like I didn't even get to use half of my cool music stuff, man. Sure, and unlike in a lot of these other games, there, there's character advancement, right? Um, right. Yeah. And the game is written so that these forays into your dungeon come in waves, right? Um, you finish one, and then another one's supposed to start. And you level up and another one starts. You level up and another one starts. And we only got through one in an right. evening. So To be fair, you know, the rule does the rule book does say that it's for one long evening or a couple of sessions. Okay. And so All this, right. you know, we, we are perhaps shortchanging it a little bit. But I and I do think that if you if you love the that like again what Heidi just said, like Oh, I sing a lullaby that puts someone to death. That is the most goth metal nonsense I have ever heard. Like, it's just ridiculous. While we were sitting playing, I wrote some lyrics, and I hope to God no one ever finds them, because they're going to be like, who is this psycho? Like, right? (laughs) (laughs) Those will be auctioned off. Uh, Those will be auctioned off on our first... uh... They're going to be like... Some sort of Patreon account? Yeah, I'm stealing those at some point in time in the future. Yeah. You want my lyric? Oh, uh. yeah, yeah. Uh. Stay tuned at the end of the episode. And we'll have a dramatic reading. Okay, yeah. right. Oh, man. Don't, don't get started. Nathan started on song lyrics. Oh, yes. Nate, Nate no. and I are writing a song. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to stop. Much like the character in um, in uh, the Monty Python, the Holy Grail. Like, no, 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 no singing. No singing. <laughs> no singing. <laughs> Stop that.
Uh, I do want to get to uh, a section where we talk about who these games are for. So I would say, taken as a whole, mini games are a great, I think, a great way to introduce people to the idea of RPGs. And I think that two of the games that we played, definitely Wizards and For the Queen, would be a nice stepping stone. In fact, I can even see, like I can imagine with my sister, like, all right, you like For the Queen, you know, how about definitely Wizards? Now this has some stats, but it's just two, right? And then working up. But that's that's how I can primarily think of these. I don't think that given a choice between, let us imagine a situation where I'm given a choice between another episode of whatever campaign I'm currently running and a night of this, I would choose a single night's campaign. That's, that's what I think. Nathan, what do you think? Who's this for? You know, when I think of these games, I think that these work really well for people who really like to play role-playing games but don't necessarily have the wherewithal to engage in like a campaign right so i think of like my board gaming group we like playing role-playing games as well but we don't very often because we play a lot of board games and we just got back from gen con we have like 50 new board games that's a year's worth of board games to play uh, if we play one a new one every week right so like to take half of our weeks out to play a, an rpg kind of you know cramps our style a little bit sometimes so definitely wizards or for the queen or or skull box you know these sorts of games are are really useful for groups like ours because we can play them in lieu of a board game and be done with them in a night or two nights and then we can go back to our regularly scheduled programming so maybe um Players looking for a bit of role playing, but don't want to engage in a long campaign, uh, or maybe you know a palate cleanser between campaigns or something like that. Adam, what about you? Yeah, I completely agree with Nathan, and I had the same notes. So I see these a lot as filler games. If your GM is unprepared, if you have a player that's suddenly unavailable, it'll scratch that RPG itch, you know, without disrupting your ongoing game. Take a breather between campaigns, that kind of thing. Um, but I do see them sort of all three of them scratching a little bit different itches. So like. If you were to say, who is for the Queen for, um, I would say it is for theater kids at their after party, <laughs> after the yeah. rap. And yeah. they'll love it because it's a, it's a very <laughs> shared collaborative, you know, storytelling experience. But who is Skullbox for? Well, Skullbox might be for those folks who want to make some tactical decisioning where positioning of your character and your traps matter. And so that scratches that itch. And, uh, you know, definitely Wizards, who's that for? Uh, it's for my 13-year-old nephew, for sure. So that's like the type of thing like uh, that would be right up his alley, that kind of thing. But, you know, I can play all these with uh, my adult friends, and I think that's a great sweet spot just to... I worry a little bit about replayability, but they're good to have in your toolbox. I was just going to say, I agree with Adam and Nathan about this this idea of like it being something for people who don't have time for a long-term campaign. I, I was just going to ask Adam what it is about his nephew that 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 makes him think that it that he would really enjoy that game 
He's the kind of kid who who won't sit down and read Harry Potter, but likes the idea of Harry Potter. Okay. Right? Like uh, loves that sort of concept. He won't sit still long enough to sit and read it, but if he gets to be it for a little bit and have some fun, you know, with his friends and you know just muck around and pretend to be wizards or or familiars in a trench coat, that's that's right up his alley. And so I think that's the type of thing where it's like a little a little bit jumping around from thing to thing. Well, that's exactly what this game does. Each room is a new experience, and you got to tackle it a different way. So you don't get bored, that's for sure. Trey, what do you think? Especially for the Queen is just a good all-around game. I have lots of family members who would not be remotely interested in playing a role-playing game. But I think if we were... It, it was after dinner, one Thanksgiving, and we are all just sitting around, and I pulled that game out, I think they'd just really eat it up. I think they'd love for the Queen. And I, I can't really speak to definitely wizards because I didn't play it. Skullbox, I think, is really a palate cleanser is a good, I think is a good term. It's something that I think most people who've been playing RPGs for a while are going to just find hilarious. I know I did. I I, I thought it was so funny. I couldn't, you know, I'm just, yeah, that, I think that's who that's for. In, in, in my opinion, uh, that's who's going to really enjoy that. Heidi? I think that all three of these games, and probably a lot of these mini RPGs in general, are really good for icebreakers, right? Adam, mm. Adam oh, yeah. said earlier, he referred to specifically for the Queen as a good campfire game, right? That I start a story, you pick it up, you pick it up, you pick it up, we continue this around the circle. It, these are all really good games that if you have, say, we all have different groups of friends that we are like, I'm going to have a, a get together. This person and this person are kind of from my work group. This person and this person are from my my old school friend group. I'm but they all have similar kind of dispositions and I think they get along. These kind of games are perfect for that. You know, it's a good way to kind of put some people together that maybe have some similar interest, but it's a good way to have them get to know each other. Definitely for the queen is a super easy one. I would put it this way. It's a scale for me for the queen being just the easiest one because there's just nothing really required of it. There's no really heavy rules. There's even a card that if you don't like the way something's going, you can erase it. You know, like, I don't like this or I can, I want to pass this. Definitely wizards. It's quick. It's easy. Not a lot of rules. Um, in that sense, you do some rolling, but it's really quick and easy in the way that you feel like this is just a test. Just go, go, go. Go with whatever comes to mind. You got this. And then Skullbox, again, great game. Little more rule heavy for me. The more you get into rules, the more you kind of will take me out of the part that I enjoy the most, which is the kind of fantasy storytelling stuff. But still, I think that is easily a game you could play over a really long night or a couple of nights for sure. So, but yeah, I would stick with if you want just kind of good icebreakers of getting like a mixed group to kind of get to know each other, you know, go for this. Easy. Yeah. And that actually might be a good way to think about this. Is that I, sometimes you meet people. I mean, we have the luxury of having, you know, we're all nerds. We know each other. We, we, we have our little group. But sometimes if you're looking for a new group, 
you meet them online and say, hey, I want to get an RPG group together. First time you meet, you know, if the first thing you do is make characters for some long campaign, you don't really know who these people are. This might be a good way to sort of test the waters with, hey, let's play some one night RPGs and see how we feel with each other. Yeah. That might be a good way to think about it. I, uh, yeah, I like that idea. I like the idea of it if it is a kind of a first step in a number of ways. Okay, let's go ahead and do ratings. I give For the Queen a high pass. I have introduced it to a lot of people and, and the normal things that I would rate for, I would choose for a high pass for a regular RPG would be things like longevity, you know, uh, you know, fullness of rule set, you know, uh, uh, an understanding of the, the world in general or, or a vision of of the world as generated by the rules. I'm getting very f- far into my own butt, so I'm going to stop. But <laughs> it, it, it would be a, 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 a combination of those things. For something small like this, it's more like, am I likely to bring it to the table? Am I excited about it? Especially if, like, I'm tired or I'm trying to introduce introduce new people to the idea of gaming. What would I grab? And I would absolutely grab for the queen every time. So that gets a high pass. Definitely Wizards and Skullbox. I think both sit in the in the pass area for me. I say I would say Skullbox just edges out over the pass from a fail. Like if we're getting more granular, it gets like that C minus. Like it just you know just makes it because it it does make some what I think to be significant editing and textual errors where it's not quite clear what the rules are. But with a group of people who are into it, I think that you could settle that through those disputes and move on and have a couple of really rockin' nights of gaming, especially if you were into that world. So I I give them both a pass. Heidi, what about you? I mean, in general, uh, mini games, I give a high pass because like I said, they're a fantastic introduction of if you want to get into RPGs, they're a fantastic way, like I said, to to do your campfire games, your icebreaker games, kill some time, get to know each other a little better. I think for the queen, I would agree with you. I I give it a high pass because accessible. It's just so easy. If you just like stories, you that's all you need. If you can just even come up with a little bit, that's it. Cuz it prompts you, you do the rest. You know, like uh, I think definitely Wizards, I give a pass. It's fun, it's quick, it's easy. Like we said, Skullbacks, I give a pass. Uh, I'm close to failing it, which would be my first fail ever, you guys. Oh. I know. <laughs> Do it. We're going we're gonna to throw a party when you give something a fail. It'll be very exciting. I can't do it. I can't. I can't. I feel so mean. Um... I'm close only only because in my in the brief experience we had there was a lot of flipping back and forth through the rule book which it was a small rule book so I'm like man this is a lot of flipping back and forth and trying to figure things out for what should be a very rules light easy one night game so I was a little and for me that always just takes me out of the game immediately and makes me kind of start to drift and kind of be like Ugh, I don't know so I think I so I'll give it a pass still only because I think if I had more time with this game I'd be far more into it but I think that so that's where I don't give it a pass as a a one-off game 
Because I just, I don't know. I think it's a game that actually needs more time than one night. I do. Fair enough. So. Fair enough. Trey? I will join the chorus of High Passes for For the Queen. It's it's a game that just about, not not absolutely anyone, but just about anyone can enjoy. It's, it's the kind of game that... A geek can, can take to a family gathering and, you know, relate to people who maybe they wouldn't normally get to relate to in, in, in this way, in, in, in the form of a game. Just really very good, simple, elegant. It's beautiful. It's just really gorgeous to look at. Really, really excellent game. I have to abstain from Definitely Wizard since I was not there when you played it. For Skullbox, I'm going to give this a sort of a qualified fail. And what I mean by that is what pushed it over into fail was the sort of the rookie mistakes in, you know, organizing the rule book and that sort of thing, making it easy to understand and uh, not sending us back to it so often. The reason it's a qualified fail, though, is because two, two reasons. One, I don't think we gave it enough of a chance you know, it's designed to be played over a longer period of time. So I'm a little bit uncomfortable with totally panning it since we weren't able to do that. And the the other qualifier is that in spite of its warts, it's hilarious. And if you're the right kind of gamer who kind of likes having what you love gently made fun of, <laughs> then... It's a good fun game to play, you know, in, in, like I said, in spite of all of its warts, there's that. I'm, I'm still going to give it a fail because I think the problems are big enough and fixable enough that maybe we need another edition. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Adam, what do you think? So when you're talking about miniature games like this, not games with miniatures, but games that are small, I think really the, the sort of underpinning is your cost in both money and time to get going versus the payoff for that investment. And so for the queen, again, a high pass. It does exactly what it says on the tin and it does it very well. So well, in fact, that I'm kind of surprised something like this didn't already exist. It feels like it could have been around for forever and we're sort of just discovering it. But um, that game gets a high pass for the same reasons everyone else has, has said. For definitely wizards, I give it a pass. You think, you know, three bucks for a PDF and you're off and running. Um, you've got a 12-page rulebook to flip through. For those of you who are familiar with Lasers and Feelings, it has a very similar stat system, so you only are concerned with two things. You roll some dice, you build some characters, and you have some really great, good, clean fun. So for that investment, it's a pass from me for sure. Uh, Skullbox, as I mentioned, is a little more fiddly than I expected. Uh, you're keeping track of a lot of moving parts, particularly the GM for hit points and different things like that. I would play it again. I would finish the campaign, and I feel like I would probably be done with it. But for 9 bucks for the PDF through Shardstone.net, I feel like, you know, it scratches the itch from a, like, sort of a tactical decision-making I really enjoy miniatures games, and this one has some sort of, you know, aspect of m making sure you're in the right position, placing your traps. I give it a pass. I I'd probably give it another shake and finish that campaign out. But from what we played, it's a it's a pass. It's fine. Nathan. All right, everybody, stop the presses. I agree with Case pretty much all the way down the line. So really? that's a that's what? a that's a big deal. Yeah, that's a big deal. I, I'm gonna mm -hmm. so I'm gonna have to do some soul searching tonight. Yeah, we're gonna have to settle this in the parking lot. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. 
So, uh, I feel unclean. What have you done to me? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this has all been part of my sinister plan. You've brought me down to your level. (laughs) Oh, Oh my. For the queen is absolutely a high pass for me. I, I just adore everything about that game. It is beautiful to look at, beautiful to handle, and beautiful to play. Like, everything about it's just great. It's it's awesome. It does exactly what you want it to do and more. Definitely Wizards is a pass. I think it is, as Adam said, good, clean, fun. It is an, an evening of being the Keystone Cops. And like that's ex- if that's what you want, then then perfect. You're you're in for a blast. It's it's really fun. I think it could be better in cases. You know, the, the rule book, it, it is very rules light. So it does kind of give you that thing I mentioned earlier of if there isn't a rule for it, don't feel bad about making up a rule on the spot for it because there just are so few rules. But even so, I do feel like maybe there are some some areas where they could possibly, you know, clarify some things or whatever. And then uh, Skullbox is, I was kind of going into this review thinking I was going to fail it. But, you know, talking about it, thinking back on it, uh, you know, it is just so much fun to play that I think if that is the sort of game you want, if you want this like over the top 80s, you know, sort of, you know, feel, you know, as as somebody said, the the neon painting on the side of a van uh, sort of feeling, I think it is enough fun that you're going to be able to you know, you're going to be able to appreciate it despite those those shortcomings that kind of carry it across the finish line for you. So I give it a pass. I do think it needs a pretty good edit and some clarifications on some rules here and there as well. Do you guys realize this is the first time we have given, all five of us have given a high pass to something? I was yeah. just thinking about yeah. that. Congrats for the I queen. feel like across yeah. the board, we all kind of were in, gre- in agreement about almost most everything, really. Yeah. 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 What's happening? I know. For, for oh, no. the queen. For the We're queen homogenizing. What, what is interesting about For the Queen is that it is, yes, it is a role-playing experience. It's a little light on the game for an RPG. That's true. The game piece is real soft, but for role-playing, it is a win. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have to say, I think we need to maybe make this a a regular thing where we come back and do another couple of like little RPGs to, you know, because there's so many out there and we can just, we just kind of every once in a while stop our normal routine of reviews and be like, all right, let's play a couple of these little silly ones and um, fill people in on them and make some recommendations because there are a lot of them and there's a lot of, a lot of good stuff out there. So yeah. And you never know when we're going to, come across the next for the queen that we just all exactly love. exactly and actually i think i think maybe we'll do this as maybe some sort of like i don't know reward or something like that because i personally have been working on a little one-page rpg called rules for grappling
Is my recording volume automatically adjusting itself, Adam? I swear, I turned this back to 0.25. I'm gonna do it again. Okay. Yeah, it's creeping back up. Alright, well, that'll be fun for you later. Can I do my read-in now, or are we all... Let's... We're, yeah, please, by, by God, just start the show. <laughs> just start, for the love of God! All right. <laughs> oh, God! Everyone, shut up! Thor! No!